Ladies and gentlemen, it is the House of Pride show coming at you live from San Francisco. I'm your host, Tweeka Turner. And on the telephone all the way over from Chicago live, folks, this is the real deal. DJ Val, can you hear us? Hey, everybody. Hey, Tweeka, Tweeka, Tweeka. <laughs> it is such an honor and a pleasure to have you on our show today. Welcome. How are you doing? Well, that's very kind of you to say. I'm doing good. We got some uh, little snow drizzle here in Chicago, just above freezing. Oh, it's balmy here. It's just <laughs> beautiful. That, that's spring for Chicago, folks. <laughs> true, true. Uh, so, DJ Val, I want to learn a lot about you today. It was a pleasure meeting you at the uh, Winter Music Conference in Miami. You were hosting a show. Can you tell us a little about that? Is that an annual thing you do down there? Oh, likewise. It was great meeting you as well. Thank um, you. Actually, I've been hosting parties during the Winter Music Conference for years, and uh, this year was my 45th year anniversary as a DJ, so I thought instead of having one party, I would have a party in Miami and then announce the tour from the party. So instead of just one party, I'm touring all over the world, to DJ with all my friends that I've met throughout the years at the Winter Music Conference. And um, some of the gigs, you know, like I'm going to Hollywood for Pride and Chicago Pride, of course, and uh, I will be at ADE in Amsterdam, um, spinning out there and in London. So I'm very excited. It's going to be quite a year for me, to say the least. We're clapping for you. I hear it. Oh there's my a, God! I'm there's an audience. <laughs> um, wow! Yes, of course you have to do a Pride at least one Pride every year. Uh, Hollywood. When is that? Um, God, I got to look at my calendar. June is huge. Uh, is it because so San Francisco? It's June. It's June twenty something. In- I'm doing West Hollywood. So. Oh, that is the bomb. I I DJ usually I DJ every year trunks. It's in West Hollywood, and this year I will be there on Saturday the eighth from one p.m. to seven p.m. and Sunday from ten a.m. to four p.m. Got it. So congratulations for being in the business uh, for forty-five years. Does a DJ get some sort of uh, award for that? I don't even get a watch, man. <laughs> <laughs> not even a hundred dollars in some porn. <laughs> what the fuck? No, not even, not even a dog biscuit. But you know what? Uh, what do you? Yeah, you do what you love, and then you don't have to work. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, having having the opportunity to uh, make a career and do something you have you're passionate about is one of like the biggest uh, accomplishments one can do in their life as Mary Wilson would say when she was on the show a couple uh, couple years back you ha- all of us have to work not a lot, a lot of us are rich she said and it, you might as well do something you enjoy doing and uh, if you've been in the business 45 years you must uh, really enjoy it could you take us back a little bit and and uh, let my listeners and I know how you uh, got started Sure will. Uh, I was a little girl, and my parents separated, and I was what's called in Chicago uh, a latchkey kid. So that means my mom went out to work, I'd come home, mac and cheese, a hot dog, you know, and I'm good in front of the TV set. Well, I got bored, so uh, I went from a Catholic school to a public school, and it was like going from black and white to color. 
I got to take art class and music and uh, I said, look, we've got this latchkey kid program after school on Wednesdays. I want to do a dance. I want to bring in records and play records for my friends. And that's what I did. Uh, my dad went on to own a nightclub. Oh, so when I got out of that's interesting. School, I went to DJ in the nightclub before there were DJs. It was just bands. And uh, one night there was a wedding at my dad's club and uh, the band got in an accident. They were fine, they were fine, but it was winter in Chicago with snow. They couldn't make it. And this lady's wedding, I said, wait, I could play records. I bought my K-Tells and my 45s, and we had a blast. So ever since then, I've been DJing. I've held residencies since. Uh, I've had three 16-year residencies, actually one 17. Now, where were those? Uh, 16 years at Mariana, 16 years at Studio 31, and 17 years at Cadillac Jacks. Were these all in Chicago? Yes, all, all around Midway Airport area. That's fabulous. What was the name of your father's club? Is it still there? New National Bucket of Blood was the nickname of it. That's... That was in Bridgeport. <laughs> yeah, New National. And New before National. my dad had it, uh, my Busha had it for 75 years. It was in my family. That's amazing. I love it. So the the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree, as they no, say. No, I've been in the club scene ever since and uh, was lucky enough to get signed to uh, America's longest-running dance label of five years ago, Music Plant Records. And since then, I've gone on to release three records, four remixes, and top-secret stuff coming up this year, which I can't discuss yet because we're still in negotiation, but... Mm-hmm. You'll you'll be seeing you'll be seeing me again, you know, soon. Awesome. What what's the longest? What I I missed that. What's the name of the dance label? Music Plant Records. Oh yeah. Oh wait a minute. I know that label. Isn't you that should. isn't that Georgie Porgy's label? A billboard artist of the decade. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, you got uh, it. Okay, it's all coming to light now, DJ Val. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that's fabulous. I love Georgie Porgy. I just uh, got on with him recently. He was a guest uh, a few months back. What's uh, not to love? The guy, yeah. is, the guy is different than anyone I've ever met in my life. And, He's a good uh, soul, I would say. And you're both from Chicago. A, he, he lights up a lot of ways for a lot of people. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he brought me on one of his projects for Barbara Tucker, who's also in that. Doesn't she live in Chicago? or? Oh, my God. She, I think she's in Ibiza. She's amazing. What an amazing... I look up to her as a female business person as well, and I have for years, many years. She's got her head on straight, that woman. I have a lot of respect for her. I have a lot of respect for the three of you because you guys are, you know, um, entertaining lots of people, and just bring, bringing your A-game every time. And, uh, and it's just amazing for, for me to sit here in San Francisco and to meet. This is what my show is all about, uh, celebrating the creative contributions of folks like you. Um, well, now you have some gigs coming up. I, I'd love to hear about those. I do. I, I look forward mostly to uh, Hollywood because it is crazy. And the DJ booth is above the club. So I can see the club from but I can also see the kitchen behind me where the guys are going crazy, like stocking and doing whatever they do. <laughs> uh, just so much fun. I always go eat at the Ivy. I, I so look forward to that. And then uh, I have 
Pride North in Chicago. Yay. On Saturday the 29th and 30th, we're on the main stage for Pride North. Uh, Laura B. and I were called the spinsters together, me and her DJ, uh, several places around the city. And uh, when we're together, we team up and we're called the spinsters. And then uh, Market Days, I'll be in Boys Town in Chicago at Replay. That's that, uh, it's like a retro bar. It's very awesome. They have so many craft beers on draft, and I do uh, retro videos there. So it's a lot of 80s, 90s, just the stuff that you want to sink back into your memory bank and think, man, have, you know, it, it's just a great, great time. And then uh, September 14th, I'll be out at Fantasy South 40. And um, let's see, I've got a lot going on. I'll be at Prism in Nottingham in the UK on October 11th. And that's right before ADE, which I'll be in uh, Amsterdam for Amsterdam Dance Event. I'll be out there. And mm-hmm. yeah, so a lot going on. Yes, you do, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, Plus, I got residencies around here. That yeah, are, you know, well, you were just here. telling me before we went on live, uh, you have a residency in the city that you do every week, don't you? Uh, third Thursday of the month, I'm at Replay uh, in Boys Town, and uh, I do that retro video thing, and that that's a blast. Um, and I'm at once a month. I'm at Whiskey Thief in uh, Evanston. Once a month, I'm at Cura. So, you know, I have three residencies around town, and then I travel. Yeah. So, uh, um, I wanted to ask you, when you were with, uh, you're with uh, Music Plant Records, what were the three songs that you released? Um, my first track was Rise Again, and I wrote that about surviving cancer. I'm a two-time survivor. And I, I felt it was important to give people hope and inspiration. Absolutely. Um, Georgie Porgy was kind enough to sing, and it's to this day my the favorite my favorite track I've ever released. Uh, it it came from my soul, and I I've known people fighting cancer that have said and inspired them to uh, go on. So that was important to me. What year did that come out? Uh, about four years ago. Didn't that go to number one? It did on, on several, several charts. Yeah. So did, uh, uh, Turn It Up. I did that. Uh, Bouncy House. And a recent release made it to Ride Free is a, a remake of an old, uh, track. And that made it to promo-only mainstream club, February, Ultimix, and ERG record pool. These are record pools that the DJs use and to get selected in the mainstream club, for instance, for promo-only. Only, only uh, 20 songs or 15 songs will get handpicked for that month out of tens of thousands. That's right. So I, uh, I use uh, promo-only on, um, I'm a resident DJ on one of those boats in San Francisco and we get, awesome. the company so is get, subscribed. So picked, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, I can't even, it, that's a dream come true for me. What is? Because I've belonged to promo-only for so many years since, you know, 
Yeah. It all makes since the records, you know, just to be picked is, is an honor. It's, a, it's quite an accomplishment out of all of the, the product that, you know, your song was chosen. Now, I went, I as we were talking, I went to folks listening, I went to iTunes, and um, of course, uh-huh. there it is, Rise, DJ Val and Georgie Porgy, Rise Again. Uh, there's many remixes, so if you want to support uh, your local DJ talents, such as DJ Val, uh, go ahead and, and download your copy right now. I'm going to, uh, if you don't mind, DJ Val, play a little bit of the song. Would that be okay with you? Please do. All right, here goes. Rise Again, DJ Val and Georgie Porgy, the Todd Minor radio mix, folks. Check it out. That is of intense uh, production value of that song, and that and that's Georgie singing. Yeah, if you get the original radio version, it's it's a little more calm. <laughs> <laughs> that's our our Todd Minor. He's he's awesome. He he does the heavy electro remixes, but the the original version is a little more calm and it tells a story. But uh, well, I think uh, I see it here. Let's see if this this is it. I'll play one more version. There's so many remixes of this. Song. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to have been blessed with all the remixes. It's great. Well, well, let's check out this one because this one looks like it's the it maybe the original. Here goes. All right.
right. And of course, iTunes cuts it off just before the chorus. <laughs> oh, my God. I just love listening to that song because it's just, it just. Uh, well, it comes from the heart. You, know? you wrote it about you surviving a bout of, of cancer, which is a very personal affair. Um, what a nice way to channel, channel all that experience, I Thank think. Thank you. Um, what, um, when did this all take place? So four years ago, did you say? Probably longer. Right? Uh, four or five years ago, yeah. I, I sang with them. And then um, my first, I, I first did a remix with Terry Bristol about a mutual friend of ours. Uh, DJ Tom E who had passed away and she wrote a song called Tom E's Theme and I did the Freedom Remix and that kind of launched me because it went number one in a lot of different places so um, right after that Georgie was nice enough to sign me and um, we went on to work on Rise Again right after that awesome so, so I, i've been pretty blessed <laughs> that that sounds like a, a great experience uh so were you georgie's like dj and he was singing uh no we produced it we co-produced it together oh lovely in the studio you know and you're so did you did i understand you you're a remixer as well Yes, yeah, yes. Oh, that's good. Folks, did you hear that? DJ Val is a remixer as yeah, well, in a, case you didn't know. Of, um, any tracks that I've remixed or, or produced, are you have access through DJVal.com. You just click on Music Plant Records, and it takes you direct to all my remixes and the records if you want to give them a listen. Or if you want to support, go ahead and buy them. <laughs> They're also <laughs> available on iTunes, Beatport, wherever uh, music is sold online. Yep. That I'm looking right now that uh, a lot of the remixes are on iTunes. So, yeah. Um, good stuff. Really good stuff. I'm so happy to hear that you guys are a team over there in Chicago uh, turning oh, it out. Um, what else should we know about you, DJ Val? Um, you know, I, I'm just really happy doing what I do. I, I had a, a real magical night at Queen not too long ago. Uh, March 31st it's a it's a house night here in Chicago Mm -hmm. and it was the most amazing night I can remember in my lifetime I I just connected with the crowd and we all became one and one heartbeat you ever get that feeling you ever do that and that the, uh, the music takes over and you're just one with everyone I'm not sure but I it's coming it's coming <laughs> if I haven't um, that means you're really in tune with your audience when you guys are on the same plane I'm telling you it's coming if you if you continue and, and do what you do and love what you do it'll happen and you'll know right when it happens and then it's a spiritual experience it's like you're watching yourself DJ from out of your body it's crazy it was the craziest funnest time and uh you know what? Just keep your eye out on DJVal.com. You could see where I'm touring next, uh, what's going on, what's happening, what's being released. I have mixes up there. If you like Deep House, I do a Deep House radio show. If you like... Uh, I do. Where do you do that games, show? When is that? Um, that is the third Sunday of every month on IbizaLiveRadio.com. In Ibiza Live Radio, they also have uh-huh. a FM station in Ibiza. And then uh, I'm on once a month for Mix 93 FM, and it's Top 40 Dance. And those are also, you can find links to that on DJBell.com, all the mixes. 
All right. And uh, it, did you did I ask you already? Do you have a web page that people can follow you on, or what's the best place to, for people to follow you? DJVal.com has all links to Instagram, all that good stuff, Facebook and Twitter. and Yay. Um, yeah, just DJVal.com links to everything right there. All your info is right there. All right, we got it here. You heard that, folks. Um, so, DJ Val, if you come into San Francisco, be sure to get a hold of me. Uh, I would love to see, come and support you at your your show and dance. I want to dance. I need to dance some good music. Well, you're going to sweat your ass off. <laughs> That's right. Going to sweat my, my new femme suit off that I have to break in. That's right. Yep, you will. All right. I promise you. <laughs> um it's been a pleasure can we make this a uh a reoccurring thing from time to time yeah anytime you want to talk you call me and i'll answer any questions you might have i really appreciate you guys having me on today i really do thank you so very much you're welcome and, and thank you dj val uh we will be talking again it's been a, a real pleasure you take care now same here much love bye now bye bye Folks, you're listening to the House of Pride show coming at you live from uh, San Francisco. That was a wonderful interview with uh, DJ Val. Coming at you from Chicago way. Jeez, Twiggy, stop stuttering. We'll put on a little more dance music and come back at you. We're going to go be moving over to the East Coast now to Provincetown, Massachusetts. If any of you folks have never heard of Provincetown, we're going to hear all about it. We'll be talking to David LaSalle, uh, another long-term residency DJ at the famous A House in Provincetown. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
All right, all right. You're listening to House of Pride Show live from San Francisco with your host, Tweaker Turner. Sorry, Jason Walker. We'll come back to you a little bit later because right now we have to go over to Provincetown, Massachusetts. Folks, Provincetown, where we'll be talking to a legendary DJ resident of the A House, uh, Mr. David LaSalle. Can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome, uh, welcome. Uh, this is your first time on House of Pride Radio. It's a pleasure that, to have you. How are you doing? I'm great. Nice to speak to you. Yes, nice to speak to you again. It was a pleasure meeting you at the music Winter Music Conference in, in Miami. Yeah, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I agree. Uh, so let's get right into it, David. I know it's a... Uh, let me thank you again for, I mean, it's a three-hour difference. So it's 9.30 over there. Are you in Provincetown now? I am still in Florida. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you wearing a bathing suit? No, we're sitting on the balcony and just enjoying the great weather. We just got back from dinner, and uh, and we're winding down. We're leaving on Saturday to drive back to Provincetown, and so. Oh, oh, you're driving back. I did that right. once. Yeah. Yeah. It, you um, is a Wayne with you? Yes. Yeah. DJ Wayne is also a DJ Wayne Michaels. Is that correct? He's also no, a, no, no. no. <laughs> Wayne is my partner for uh, 29 years, going on 30, and. DJ Wayne Michael, who I was with, also at the at the party at Frank's, is a, a DJ that works at the same club that I do. Yes, let's go back a bit. Um, do you recall the first uh, summer you started your residency at uh, the A House? I do. What? I do. I do. I was actually working at the boat slip uh, my first summer in Provincetown. And I started at the boats in, in, I think it was May, and by the end of the summer, I was working at the boats of and the A House. I worked at the A House uh, in, starting in late August until the season ended. Now, in that time, most people only had uh, seasonal licenses, so everybody had to close down seasonal liquor licenses. And uh, mm-hmm. so the A House had to close and we usually closed around what, right after what year are we talking uh, about here 19 1980 1980 right around the the, the new decade 1980 the 80s folks yeah. wow that um yeah. so there you are in the summer of 1980 yeah. what, what was some of the uh the big hits i mean i don't i remember blondie had a big hit called me uh but i don't know if that there was ever a dance version to that Oh, 1980. Well, in 1980, I think a lot of the stuff from the 70s was still, uh, uh, the late 70s was still, were still big songs. And That's the height and, of disco. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think 1980 or 81, I think the big song was Laura Branigan, Gloria. I remember that. Yes, that, <laughs> that was a huge hit. <laughs> yes, oh my God. <laughs> and the ABBA things like Lay All Your Love on Me. Um, 
those were early '80s, and I know that was a huge song. That that one but was some but, of the you know all the classics from the late '70s, like Devil and Champagne King and Vicky Sue Robinson and stuff like that. Those were still really all big songs in the early '80s, and then of course, I think uh, when did when was the first Madonna song? Um, that. oh, that uh, geez, around. Uh, Around that time, because wasn't yeah. uh, it was before Lucky Star? She had like two hits. What were those two hits before Lucky Star? Borderline, maybe. Yeah, even like, before that, there was one um, that I uh, really are into. Sounds is very R and B ish. Uh, right, I yeah. can't, I can't. And of course, that was like the beginning too of Whitney Houston stuff. So. Oh right! Oh my God! You're bringing me back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, before you were DJing at those two um, famous, you know, clubs, the, the Boat Slip and the A House, where what were you doing? Were you spinning music elsewhere? Well, I uh, grew up in Amherst, Massachusetts, which is a big college town, and I first got my start actually uh, playing. At frat parties, a friend of mine and I would DJ at frat parties. He would do all my heavy lifting, like the equipment, the records, and all that stuff. And I, we'd split the money, and I'd do the music, and he would just do the grunt work. And we did a lot of frat parties at, at UMass in Amherst, and some of those got a little scary when you were like, this was, I'm talking, like I was a senior in high school. Oh, yeah. Uh, senior in high school and a freshman and I went to UMass also and um, then like my second year in, in college uh, a friend of mine who worked at a local disco said there were going to be an opening so I went there and they hired me and I, it was a place called Poor Richards and uh, that was my first you know, paid, actually paid DJ job, you know, in a club. And that was probably like, uh, I would say 1976. So, and all those disco things were just coming along then, you know. Yes, uh, Lady Mambala. <laughs> well, I remember the height of 1977, like the year after I started the big huge phenomenon was uh, Saturday Night Fever of course oh, of, yeah, oh god yes who who doesn't remember <laughs> that who, oh uh, Madonna Burning Up and Everybody those were the two songs I was thinking about right right correct right yeah th- that's when she was just uh, le- let out of the gate those songs are real hot they didn't get as much radio attention pop yeah everybody 40. was kind of a like a slower groovy kind of yeah yeah uh, yeah but uh yeah, wow! You really lived during some amazing music. Like uh, you were, you're actively DJing during a time when the music was just, you know, the genre I, of disco was just, you know, the height of, you know, bizazz and glamour and, <laughs> you know, yeah, party, party. This is when cocaine wasn't addictive. Remember? I don't remember, <laughs> but I, I've read about it. <laughs> I have like lived through a lot of different. Uh, a lot of different genres and I've seen a lot come and go of course I really 
you know, Provincetown, like in the mid '80s, was it was uh, the AIDS crisis like started and really really hit hard, and that was a that was a huge thing back then. Totally huge. Um, now, it's that's really interesting because from a DJ's perspective, you know, DJing every night, you have your audience, and you've done it so long that you it's like chapters of your life uh how it's changed with times with the music and the norms and the culture um how would you describe in general the the vibe of the 70s at the a house oh you weren't there yet but say around you coming from the 70s into the a house at in 1980 what was the vibe like the vibe in P-Town in the 80s was a lot more carefree. I remember that it was just kind of easy breezy and I remember at the gate house we used to keep the windows open so when people walking by could look in and watch all the you know all the guys dancing it was kind of it was just like very free spirit and then all of a sudden the town started getting all these rules and regulations and noise variances and it just uh, like even with shops and restaurants and couldn't do this couldn't do that and it, it just like all these restrictions started and it just seemed to like put a damper on everything like towards the beginning of the 90s and stuff like that and it changed a lot and course you know, prices went up, and I, I've seen a whole metamorphosis of P-Town where it used to be just a seasonal town where everything shut down, like after Labor Day, boom, people put the boards on the windows on Commercial Street, and then, and then all of a sudden there started to be kind of a resurgence where people wanted to make that their place of living, and people started living there year-round, and there was more year-round business, and of course, comes with that uh, turned into greedy landlords, greedy real estate agents, and everything went up and up and up and up. And of course, like right now, it's like like a very expensive place to go on vacation and very expensive place to live. I know. Listen, I would love to uh, make Provincetown my home. It really is a one of a kind town is in so many ways and but you're right it's just really difficult to navigate that unless you you have a like an you know some sort of like cash cow going for you or something it's very expensive and it's like boston prices and Mm -hmm. no no work for a lot of people you know that's the thing seasonal work and how do you live there having a seasonal job that most people have and try to make it through the winter it's like almost impossible and there's less and less and less year-round places for people to rent so it's you know people landlords and stuff and realtors know that they can make you know the most money doing summer rentals and all this that kind of stuff so there's like not a lot of how not a lot of places to live for if you want to live there year-round but folks if you can make it over there to visit do do so, especially if you're part of the LGBTQ community, I don't recall too many places where you can really feel part part of um, of your community and feel free to just, exp- you know, be who you want to be there. Oh, 
Absolutely. I mean, I'm not putting it down. I'm just saying that it's an expensive place. Oh, to yeah. Live. Absolutely. I mean, it's a crazy expense. You know, I I grew up in East Hampton, so very seasonal. Not as much so now as it used to be, just like Provincetown. But my God, I know that well, that feeling of like trying to make ends meet in the winter, you know? Uh, oh, but, you know, it's, it's a great town. It's a beautiful town. It's got great energy in the summertime. There's a lot to do. There's always something going on, of course. Fourth of July week is, like, crazy busy, and beer week is, like, crazy crazy. And, and <laughs> is that your favorite week, bear week, David? Uh, I, I, yeah, they're all, all, all the busy weeks are great. I mean, I just feed off of that energy. I really like, I really like Fourth of July week, which they used to call circuit week, but because all the, it's all the, you know, buff boys and, and uh, it was all the circuit people, but all the circuit people now are seem to be turning into bears. So it's like, <laughs> it's kind of a good crossover. It's like, you know, young one, young up and coming circuit and now the old circuit ones are bears now and it's like funny. It's just like, I don't know. <laughs> that is, that's funny. It, is that the weekend of the uh, parade? Uh, the parade is Carnival Week, which this year is the third week in August, and that's really a lot of fun. There's a lot of events going on, and that draws a really wide range of people. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And um, what is it about the A-House that you think keeps the patrons coming? It, it, what, what? Tell me a little bit about the history of that, that venue. It has a very long history. It's one of the oldest. The, the little bar building is is one of the oldest buildings in Provincetown and the hotel that was adjoined to it there's a section in between that they built in between was a jazz club in the 50s and the owner was really really into jazz he used to go to New York to recruit jazz people and I'm talking we had legendary people that performed there like Billie Holiday and Ella Fitzgerald and Nina Simone and Earth Kid and these were all like jazz things in the 50s and 60s and it was really kind of an avant-garde artist community like like uh, really kind of an it was like uh, I, I it would have been great to experience something like that you know hmm. yes and then in the uh, turned to a disco, a dance club in the early 70s. That was before my time. And it was just kind of like the DJ playing records and jazz records and all kinds of stuff. And then it kind of evolved in the mid-70s before I got there into kind of a dance club for gay men. And, and it's been like that i mean it's got a lot of the building has a lot of history when you walk in the door you can see the history it looks like an old uh kind of a historic uh, like a pit fishing village kind of thing but <laughs> we've up we've updated it it's, it's a tackle a shop turned into a disco <laughs> come on in with your fishing poles and you catch it catch it but we you know we've updated it we have a like killer sound system and we have we just we just like revamped all the lights this past winter and it's gonna be like a 
And it, it, it looks great. There's like buoys hanging in the ceiling, but there's like new disco lights that are worth like thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's rustic disco, rustic chic. It's as they crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. It's a must must stop uh, on your visit to Provincetown. It's in that wonderful alley, and it's just everything about it works. Like um, it does. the vibe, the the structure, the history, you know, the good music, the DJs, the resident DJs like yourself, and um, the other guys, and the and the the drinks are cheap and strong, folks. <laughs> I'm speculating. Cheap and, <laughs> cheap and strong. Well, it, yeah, cheap and strong. It's like a, getting a double every time. You know. Yes. <laughs> Come on All down. <laughs> um. And is that like there's an upstairs somewhere? Is that part of the A house? There's like a kind of a leathery upstairs up bar. Up over the up over the little bar, which is the little bar is kind of like a sit down bar with a jukebox and it has a fireplace and very 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 kind of homey in the winter time. They have bingo going on right now on Wednesday nights. They had, they do it all winter, which is a lot of fun. The fireplace going when it's snowing out, whatever. But upstairs from there is a leather bar called the Macho Bar, and we have, that's where DJ Wayne Michael works. Uh, um, when I'm working in the disco, he's upstairs there, so we do have a live DJ up there, and he plays kind of a progressive house, and uh, um, it's a good leather scene going on there, and different from the dance club. We try to keep it different from the dance club, and it's so we have those three bars going all the time so awesome it is it's 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 an amazing place once again that's the a house we're speaking to david lasalle a long time resident dj at the a house um that's amazing uh keeping the fire burning (laughs) (laughs) so to speak so to speak, yes. So I'm so envious of you. You've got to spend sounds like a couple of weeks down in my in Florida, in Miami area. Uh, well, we just recently bought a place, so we've been here since uh, the first of January. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be my thing. The the, the dance club is. Um, only open on weekends in the winter time, and we'll be we'll be starting full time like in the beginning of May. So I'm going back to work Easter weekend, and and here we go for another season. This that, will be my thirty ninth season. Thirty ninth season. That's amazing. Um, I just before I um before our conversation, I was I had called Chicago here on the show to talk to DJ Val, who's been in the business for forty five years. So. Uh-huh. I, I just love it. And um, uh, that's right. The season, it's a seasonal town. You have to wrap your mind around that. So the season starts up in May. It's the beginning of it. Well, that's when it's really busy. I mean, there's there, there's people there. People come on weekends all the time, like year-round. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in Boston, you probably want to get away and go, go out yeah. to Promise Town. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, David. Um, it was so it was such a pleasure to meet you down in Florida, and I hope this is the beginning of a, a nice relationship with uh, you and House Pride Radio. Well, great. Thank you for calling, and it was a pleasure meeting you at Frank's uh, Shindig, and uh, hopefully we'll speak soon. Yes, sir. Uh, well, we'll go out now with, um, we might as well play Madonna since we were talking about her. <laughs> so okay. We'll go out of this, of this interview with Into the Groove. 
which was a great song back in the day. Uh, and we'll talk to you uh, again. Uh, maybe we can talk about when you have started up your 2019 season. Let us know how it's going. Okay. All right. Take care now. That'd be great. Fabulous. You take care. Bye-bye, David. Bye. And you can dance.
Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for a venue to go to this weekend, there's all sorts of fun things going on in San Francisco. But one I'd like to uh, highlight here, a shout out going out to Mother Chucka, who's been doing a fabulous show at the Midnight Sun for some time now, uh, entitled Sex, Dragon, Rock and Roll at the Midnight Sun right there on uh, 18th and Castro. Uh, This Sunday show begins at 9.30 p.m. and there's no cover and uh, there's many drink specials. Now, the performers uh, for this week are B. Dazzler, Amy Winehouse, uh, Victoria Stilts, and Glamamore, plus some surprise guests. Uh, and folks, uh, once again, when you come to San Francisco, give Tweaker Turner a call here at House Pride Radio. Like us on uh, Facebook uh, and Twitter, and um, we'll be coming back at you next Wednesday with more exciting uh, DJs, producers, remixers, and creative folks, and of course our lovely local luminaries. Well, we'll go out with a little more dance music. Once again, thank you for joining us this week on House Pride Radio. See you next Wednesday.
All right, all right. We're listening to Red Light, that Linda Clifford classic. Now, she'll be a guest uh, via telephone. She's in Chicago. Uh, but we're so excited to be talking to her because uh, she has new new song coming out. Uh, we also have our local luminaries uh, in the studio with us here on House of Pride Radio. And... Uh, We'll be right back with a live show, folks. Don't go anywhere. We have Sean Haynes here, and we have Nick Leonard here, and we have two lovely ladies that are very creative in the community. We're going to talk to them, uh, Andrea and Bex. Welcome, everyone. We'll be right back. Let's hear one more from Linda Clifford. Don't go anywhere. Runaway Love, that's another Linda Clifton classic. I can't believe we're having a disco diva on the air at 6.30, folks. Are you all into disco music, I hope? I love yeah. disco music. Oh, sure, of course. Uh, Brings us back. <laughs> Brings us back to the good old days. Well, still st- still happening here, dancing to, in the clubs to new disco music, new dance music. Uh, but that's at 6.30. Right now, we have our local luminaries in the room. Folks, you're listening to the House of Pride show. This is Tweaker Turner, live from San Francisco at the Mutiny Radio Station in the Mission. Let's get things started. Yes? Yes. Let's, let's hear it for Mutiny Radio. <laughs> so we have a warm room full of talent. Why don't we just go around the room, uh, starting with Andrea. Hey, hi. Good evening. I'm Andrea Aiello with the um, Friends of Harvey Milk Plaza. 
that's it. <laughs> Here to talk to you about this incredible um, public plaza we're building um, at the Castro Muni station. Finally, I know that. I I know that plaza. Is that the one with the black with and white photographs? With the black and white photographs under the ground, hidden so that no one can see. And did, did the, somebody steal those? I heard recently. Someone stole the bronze plaque several years ago. Oh, bummer. Um, and then. Uh, it was it was replaced. I think PG&E paid to replace it several years. Um, it was probably about five years ago. The same plaza with the um, world-renowned rainbow flag. Fabulous. So we're going to talk about that now. That is that is quite a landmark for people to come and stop at once they are in in Absolutely. Castro. Uh, all right. Next. <laughs> oh, please. Hi, I'm, uh, I'm <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello, I'm Bex. I'm one of the organizers of the upcoming San Francisco Bicon, which is a conference for anybody who is attracted to more than or fewer than one gender. So we're trying to be as inclusive as possible because gatekeeping is a buzzkill and we don't do that. That's called Bikagon? Bikon. No, it's called Bikon. I thought it was like a bicycle tour. It is not a bicycle con, but we could totally have someone come in and talk about bicycles. The bi I get it. Because bicycles are definitely bi-culture. Two wheels or three wheels? <laughs> However you want to roll, baby. Uh -huh. However you want to roll. Whatever you got to pass. All right, folks. See, the room is getting lit up now. Don't... <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Many topics. Who's next? Oh. Hi, everybody. It's Sean Haynes. Thank you for my fourth time on the show, maybe fifth time on the show. I'm not sure. Uh, I represent a lot of groups, and I brought my people with me to talk about uh, two great things that we're working on. But I also want to talk about uh, the Castro LGBT Cultural District, which is another great project that we're working on to bring more resources into our community. Fabulous. And for comic relief, we have... <laughs> I'm Nick Leonard, um, one of the local Looney Marys, or whatever, and uh, a comedian and um, performer. And I'm here. I'm uh, so glad to be here with the people from Bicon, because I was just uh, trying to send in, you know, I was going to email you about uh, comedy and stuff. I used to do a... We ran a show called Q Comedy for uh, like a decade or so, and... Uh, also did a show called the Bilarious Show, which was a uh, uh, comedians open. Well, basically What's people persons or something. Um, people track. Not, people attracted to more or, or less than uh, one gender. So, so uh, Nick, when you are writing jokes about such a topic, how do you apply? the joke writing do you have a, a notepad or uh yeah i'd carry stuff around write down write things that pop into my head and later sift through them and uh you know find the find the one find, test out the ones that are funny and ones that are just funny in my head and try to sort them out before they come out my mouth so what do you find funny about uh like um the sexuality of, of bisexuals oh uh, Oh, it's all funny. Um, <laughs> it's all funny games. It's, yeah, I had uh, when I first started doing comedy, I had uh, this a straight couple of friends of mine, and I was starting to try to find you know positive things, and I was uh, telling jokes about like uh, like the leather community and stuff, and I was saying, are people going to get those? Should I should I like try to tone it down? They're like, no, that's exactly what we want to hear about. So, kind of more like what everybody has in common. Um, hmm. I don't know, just kind of universal things that uh, people assume that everyone's different from them, but 
Well, maybe you can perform this. Uh, is it like a three minute, 10 minute routine or? Uh, I haven't really prepared anything. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm hoping to uh, do something. I was also thinking of doing for as sketch fest, pr- proposing a reunion of Q comedy with a, a lot of local people like Karen Ripley, Lisa Godoldig, people that have, uh, yeah, have been just the groundwork of, of the San Francisco comedy scene. Fabulous. Well, let's get into this. the conference. When is it all going down? The conference is October 12th. Uh, we're currently scheduled to have it at the San Francisco LGBT Center. Um, and then we'll have a happy hour afterwards, and we'll all be descending into the nightclub scene on that Saturday night. So we haven't put... Tickets up on sale yet, but we're starting to get some really great conference submissions for talks, and I'm really, really, I encourage anybody who has anything to say about this, anything remotely related to queerness or bisexuality or demisexuality or asexuality, anything that falls into this umbrella of, like, like getting past the binary of attraction. We really want to hear what you have to say. We're really, really interested. I'm so excited about, you know, we've ha- we have some proposals that are about like the stigma of promiscuity. Um, we might have someone come in and talk about prep. We might, uh, we're, I really want someone to talk about bisexual representation in popular culture, which is becoming so fantastically prevalent in shows like the Good Place and in uh, Schitt's Creek and a bunch of other great shows. Like this is such a great moment to be <laughs> to be queer. Um, and there's really anything um, is on the table as far as I'm concerned. We also want to have some tracks about general health. Um, bisexuals are much more subject to anxiety disorders and depression and a sense of isolation. And we really want to have fun. And I'm, I'm sorry, I missed it. What, what venue is it going? It's at the know? center. At the oh. At, at the LGBT, LGBT center. Oh yeah, that's right on uh, Market Street. It, 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 it is. Yeah, still yes. there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's going to be a conference forum, just uh, like seating and a, like a podium kind of thing. Um, we're gonna have a, but we're hoping to have a bunch of different formats. I want to have some great facilitated discussions. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that bisexuals joke about a lot um, in, in our own community is the challenge of flirting and dating and how you know when somebody is hitting on you and how you know if you should be hitting on somebody and it, it gets a little confusing um, a lot of bi people are um polyamorous and then a lot of us are not i see that term popping up here and there now what does that mean um so polyamory is is one form of it, it generally it's an open relationship so people who are in a committed relationship will outline the terms under which they consent to, to their partner having an intimate relationship with somebody else so everyone has their own agreements around that who everyone who is poly um, and it's tremendously variant. Some people are okay with their partner having sex with others, but not being in a committed relationship. Some people have completely open relationships where they have lifetime commitments to multiple people and they all live together. There's a full gamut. 
That is so interesting. Um, Sean, are, are you bi? I, um, I have experienced having interest in a diversity of people. Um, I guess I could leave it at that. <laughs> Such a politician doesn't actually answer the question. <laughs> These are tough questions. Next one, please. <laughs> yeah, I like, um, to, I like to think of myself as being gifted with the capacity and an openness to be rejected by all genders. Yes. I've got to steal that one next time. <laughs> um, I, I wish I, I, I wish I could hear like um, your your comedy routine with the, all these jokes about bisexuality. Oh well, uh, I think you probably when? can at Bicon. Okay, when is that? Somewhere. Yeah. Oh, are you performing? That's, it's, it's I, well, I'm gonna, we're going to negotiate <laughs> yeah. that. I don't want to. He, he's looking for a slot, public. folks. It, it's like one of those <laughs> a slot to do his magic. It's like oh. whenever I watch someone do a public marriage proposal, I, I cringe because like you know that's not the place for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so are there going to be live performers such as like comedians and DJs or things like that for entertainment value? That's a great question. <laughs> Could spice things up. I'm, I'm Maybe sure. Maybe there should be like a makeout room in the back or something for. Uh, yeah, you know, somebody requested. Somebody did request a sex party. Um, oh, anyone well, who is willing know. to take on that far, level right? of liability, wow. if you are willing to organize that, I think that's a higher tier of yeah. like insurance. I, I personally am not willing to open bathroom, myself anyways. up to that level. If there's a stage there. I'll do five minutes. Yeah. Okay. So five he's booked himself. Exactly? Nick, this is why Nick won yeah. <laughs> Best Comedian 2018, well, <laughs> according to the Bay Area uh, well, Bestie well, Awards. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, that was a while ago, but yeah, thanks. Um, that, well, I, I'm an entertainer, so I, I always thinking of like the entertainment value to engage people uh, that brings people's you know to take together uh, but so does a straight on form straight form so to speak is good too I don't think there's anything straight about it boldly forward <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well whatever you guys do it sounds very enticing we're very excited there are so few spaces that are designated for bi and pan and demisexual and asexual and people and all of you know all, like I want to be as inclusive as possible and I'm okay. sure my list is not exhaustive but you know there's a lot there are lots and lots of spaces for gay men yeah. and bisexual men can kind of pass in those spaces there are fewer spaces it's for, just like there's so many moving like holes and and um, <laughs> pegs because wow. because what I mean is That's a different like you're saying bye bi, but by from whose perspective from a straight man's perspective for like you know so he's interested in a woman and a man or from a you know you know a gay man's perspective is he interested in you know <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I want to hear the end of the sentence. <laughs> I have learned now, so what polyandrous, what is the Polyamorous. Word? Amorous is, but what's pan? So pansexuality, um, it's very, you know, I, I consider myself bisexual and I, I have trouble. It's pansexuality is a newer term and I'm old, so like you know, pansexuality is something that a lot of um, 
millennials and younger are embracing as a tr- as a term for their identity. And to me, it reads very similar as bi. But I think the argument that a lot of people make is, well, bisexual sounds like you're um, reifying the gender binary. And we're all, you know, as old timers are like, no, that's not what we're doing. Bi means I am attracted to people who are the same gender as myself, as well as people who are a different gender than myself. But I, language is always evolving. Gatekeeping is not fun. I have no interest in doing that. I want everyone to feel welcome. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Andrea, will you be attending the bi conference? No, I'm not going to attend the bi conference. I don't. I really don't think I'm kind of more in those boring lesbians. You're more than welcome in our space. Like I said, we not don't your get cup of, keep. Cup of tea, and we're a blast. Yes, everyone's welcome. Doors open. Everyone's at, welcome. Uh, That's right. You do have well, to buy a I'll ticket. Oh, okay. When do they go okay. on sale, uh, Bex? Uh, probably April. I'm. I'm saying like originally it was going to be the beginning of March, but we decided that we want have a couple of our speakers lined up first um so it's kind of, unfortunately it's a moving goalpost organizing a conference is far more work than any of us imagined it would be it is so fun. stay tuned ladies and gentlemen we're going to take a short musical break then we're going to come back with and hear all about what sean haynes is up to Wee. Wee. <laughs> So, folks, be sure to get your tickets for the Buy Conference as soon as they go on sale. Uh, it'll be a hot child in the city kind of evening. And what's our website? It is sfbicon.com, and we're also on Facebook. You can just look for San Francisco Bicon, and you should be able to find us pretty easily. And we post a lot of updates there, and we're fun. You should just follow us anyway because we're fun. Fabulous. Watch it come in here looking like that. All right, Sean, why'd you come in here looking like that? Well, this is how I always look. Yeah. <laughs> you woke up like that. Well, it did take a little bit of work this morning. <laughs> Hi. Thanks Hello. for having all of us on the show. It's always fun to be here. Thank you for coming. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, what brings you to the House of Pride show today? What you got cooking? 
Well, all the projects that I'm working on with my friends here, the Bi Conference and the Friends of Harvey Milk Plaza, which mm -hmm. uh, we'll talk more about that. Um, yes. I, I wanted to talk uh, specifically um, about a couple of things that I'm working on outside of those two different networks. Uh, the Castro LGBT Cultural District, which is one of San Francisco's many up-and-coming cultural districts, is looking for more community support. I think the microphone died. Did that? No, it's still there. And we just had a really great community meeting uh, last week at the LGBT History Museum. Um, we had a great little uh, piece that came out in the... Um, Bay Area reporter talking about it. Uh, we are very close to getting this introduced at the Board of Supervisors, and it goes through a couple of different committees. Uh, and it's going to be very, very important for everybody who would love to see the Castro have a cultural district responsive to the needs of the LGBTQ community to uh, follow us on Facebook and follow us on our website. We have two things on our website that we want people to really pay attention to. We have a support letter, uh, which is getting people to sign up and say that they uh, support the concept of having a cultural district in the Castro. It's going to happen, but it would definitely always nice to be able to present the, the Board of Supervisors with a nice stack of letters from everybody that they know. Yeah, well, there's a museum now, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, the cultural well, districts are responsive to uh, uh, a lot of different things, including cultural heritage. So um, I was quoted as saying that this is another tool that helps us to do great things like stave off um, mm -hmm. to some degree uh, gentrification and displacement. Uh, we had a great conversation about uh, making the Castro through the efforts of the cultural district to be uh, more, uh, more diverse and uh, culturally responsive to uh, underrepresented communities. Uh, a lot of the reasons why I'm with all the different groups that I am is to make sure that their, their representation is there and that they get opportunities like this to come on the radio and talk about what we're working on. Uh, we um, heard from the, the um, youth at that, that particular community meeting. They want more opportunity to have spaces and engagement with uh, their elders. Um, we have um, a, a lack of that in the Castro. Uh, I haven't really seen too many different opportunities where people of my generation and above can really work with the kids unless it's something specific that they wanted to get involved in. Uh, we heard from the trans community that they would like to have more engagement and opportunities to be uh, represented in the Castro as, as well as the women's community. Um, we, you know, I we always have this conversation where is there a lesbian bar in San Francisco um, there are lesbian activities but uh, for a community like the Castro that has a history of um, not being as diverse and inclusive as, as it could be uh, cultural districts and specifically for the Castro and maybe some others it's a great opportunity to address um, these long held issues of uh, diversity inclusion and, and how do we also work to protect uh, um, events and activities uh, that we know have declined you know, if you've gone to uh, the Castro Street Fair which I love and I'm there every year it seems to be getting a little bit smaller um, and so this cultural district uh, comes with an earmark from the city in terms of money that can be reinvested in to support the community. So um, we're, like I said, we're very close to getting this uh, introduced at the Board of Supervisors. Uh, follow us on our website, CastroLGBTQ.org. That's the same as our Twitter and our Instagram and Facebook and such. Uh, so it's very easy to find. Um, so people, we want you to sign up on that support letter, but we also have a public-facing survey. Um, surveys, as we all know it helps us to collect data information it's a very informative tool of how uh, the course of any particular initiative uh, will take um, after this is introduced and passed there'll be more of a deeper community engagement process so we sort of jump 
ahead and, and began uh-huh. that work to start co- to collect information. Hero, take a breath. I don't agree <laughs> oh for God. anything. That's a lot of words. I'm like, <laughs> I'm a, I haven't spoken in a while, so I'm out of practice. <laughs> I feel like putting like a beat behind that. <laughs> right? Totally. Um, for it. So let's get back into the Harvey Milk Plaza because I always found that that's such a warm, welcoming like intro to the Castro every time you get off the Muni. Was yeah, that one of the intentions? You know, um, so, um, Listeners who are familiar with the Castro Muni Station will know that you get off the Muni when you arrive in in the Castro. You get off the Muni Station and um, you walk upstairs and um, and you're at Castro Market, right? You're you see the Castro Theater. If you turn around, you can see the giant rainbow flag, um, and but nobody notices the pictures downstairs. And they're they're actually, Danny Nicoletta um, was Harvey's photographer and he, there's about three or four pictures depicting Harvey's life um, on that black fence downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're hidden and there's a, a bronze plaque um, on one of those, uh, on a pole. I swear I've never seen that in all the years. Yeah, okay. it's it's just, you know, what we Have say is we're it? finally gonna, <laughs> going to take Harvey Milk um, out of the closet and, and raise him upstairs into the sunshine. And, oh, you're going to move and, that. And what oh, okay. we, um, we are, this is a really is a, is a huge campaign to redesign um, mm. Harvey Milk Plaza and also the Castro Muni Station. And Did your group have a say in the design of that plaza? Oh, the no. Circuit? Oh, no, that was... That a, plaza was um, developed developed it was actually a bart so bart owns that land okay um and so it was in the 70s that plaza was designed as a as an extension of muni right it was it was going to be this is before portola so it was the last stop um uh, at that point and um so it was designed by an architectural firm you know dpw contract and um well it's a great design that's circ- i love the circular uh kind of shape of it all and uh, it's yeah. it really has some very strong points it's really yeah. beautiful and that it has light and it has landscaping but um the and the stairs are actually really going down the stairs you know are actually oh, yeah. really beautiful and now they have the little rainbow led lights in the that on the escalator John. Mm-hmm. it's but always fun those, to ride up there and drag right the, the stairs are really <laughs> actually really um awkward to negotiate. Um, yeah. I know many people have tripped and hurt themselves. And um, so we we started this process about three or four years ago to really reimagine um, and think about what can we do to really honor Harvey Milk and the Castro? I mean, this is this man is so, so important and people are forgetting who he was. In fact, you ask 15 or 16 year olds and they don't know who Harvey Milk was, and even if they're LGBT identified or, or some kind of you know, queer identification. They don't know who he is they, you know, because they were too young to see the movie Milk. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, so what we really want to do is to develop a true memorial that mm. will really honor Harvey Milk in the in the Castro to be commensurate with the kind of iconic figure that he is and what he has done not only for the Castro in San Francisco but really for the worldwide LGBT community. And you're involved with this, are Sean? Yes. Yeah. And now, where where will you, Sean, be moving the photographs of Harvey Milk to? Will it be 
on to the right of the upstairs? The whole, you know, the whole, it, people can go to harveymilkplaza.org. Um, as I, we engaged, yeah. there was an international competition, architectural oh, competition to fabulous. really reimagine and redesign the plaza. So we've been working on this for, as I said, about four years. Um, we've had many, many community meetings, lots of community input. And so the whole thing is really changing to really become a true memorial to Harvey Milk. And we're obviously working really closely with um, the city, with Public Works, and with MTA, and with the community. We've had many, many community meetings. So we're really, really excited about this. It's a work in progress. It has. It is absolutely a work in progress. Excuse me, that was my Somebody phone. left yeah. their phone on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so when do you, with the designs, are people still competing now to... No, that we've selected our firm and and we're beginning to um, go through the city approval process, which is a pretty long process. We're this going is so through, exciting. Wow. It's, very, it's really, really <laughs> exciting. You should go, I really urge you to, mm -hmm. we have a Facebook page, Friends of... F Friends of Harvey Milk Plaza, is that yes. what the Facebook page is? Yes. And um, our, the website is harveymilkplaza.org. Um, and it is, it is something that is really going to transform the neighborhood and um, really change that whole intersection of Castro and Market. Um, it is such an iconic intersection. I mean, we all know that if everyone knows all over the Bay Area that if something is going on politically, you go to the Castro, you go to Castro and Market, yes. and you'll find out mm -hmm. what's going on, and you're gonna, you'll be at the center of the action. Well, people all over the world look to the Castro for leadership, and we are still the LGBT mecca for the worldwide LGBT community. Gayborhoods all over the world are are disappearing. We haven't disappeared yet, and 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 what this this is about is it, part of this with the the the. Um, cultural district and, and a bunch of different efforts is really about sustaining the um, LGBTQ culture in the Castro so that it will continue on for the next, you know, 30 years. And that it, and, and you know, people, of course, people leave and move and, and change neighborhoods, but if we can kind of have institutions and public realm markers in, in this neighborhood, in this iconic place, we will always have that history. That history won't leave us. And um, so we're really, really excited and please join us where we have, um, the Castro has an art walk on the first Thursday of the month and we always have a presentation in one of the storefronts with um, where we're going and, and, and the progress that we're making. So check out the Castro art walk also and um, you'll, you can catch up with us and see where we're at. It's really, really exciting. Super exciting, uh, fabulous, all right. Hold this thought. We're going to get back into our local stuff. But right now, we have to call Chicago, Chicago. and speak to uh, dance diva legend Linda Clifford. She has some new music coming out. Wow. Let's prep things out with one of her biggest hits. If my friends could see me now, Linda Clifford will be right back with her live on the air.
yes, her friends can see her. Well, actually, they can hear her because she's on uh, the uh, telephone live from Chicago. The one and only Miss Linda Clifford. Can you hear us? Hi, I can hear you. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for joining us today on House of Pride Radio. I have a full room here of uh, friends and fans of yours, so I just want to go around the room and have them introduce themselves to you, if you don't mind. Oh, no, I'd love it. Hi, Linda. Hey, my name is Andrea, and I'm um, reimagining Harvey Milk Plaza so that it can really um, memorialize this iconic figure, Harvey Milk. Oh, my goodness. Yes, of course. Of course. Well, it's very nice to meet you. I'm glad you're here with us. (laughs) Hi there. My name is Sean. Uh, I'm here with my friends, and uh, I'm talking in addition to these other great opportunities about Castro's uh, desire to create an LGBT cultural district to help us to reaffirm and provide also some much needed resources to keep up the activities that we do in the area. Wonderful. Wonderful. Nice to meet you as well. I think you're, uh, Linda, I think your song, If My Friends Could See Me Now, would be a perfect theme for what they're doing over at the Harvey Milk yes. Plaza. <laughs> Just a thought. I'm putting it yeah. out there. <laughs> Just put it out there. I like it. I like uh, it. We have two more uh, guests here. Go ahead, hon. Hi, hi. My name is Bex, and uh, I'm one of the people organizing a an event called BiCon, which is a conference and party for people who are attracted to more than one gender or less than one gender. All right, that sounds like a party. It'll yeah. be a, it'll be a good party. Yes, that's the idea. All right. It's San Francisco, Linda. Sorry. <laughs> I don't think.